0: Hi, it's Alice here, and I am your guide as we travel through The Looking Glass, where you will experience inspiring, transformative, and cosmic conversations to enhance your life and personal evolution. I am so excited and delighted that you're here to explore how we can have greater fun, flow, freedom, and fulfillment on this amazing journey through time and space with the power of quantum connection. So let's get this show on the road. Welcome, it's Alice here and I am your host on Through the Looking Glass, my podcast series and I am very, very excited today because this is the first of a series of interviews in Through the Looking Glass where we are going to have some inspiring, uplifting and cosmic conversations with some truly inspirational individuals and the theme of today's podcast is celebration and talking about the power of celebration in our lives and i wanted to set a little bit of context and give you some background before i introduce our exceptional and extraordinary guest today Um, we are heading towards the end of 2020 A truly, and I know this word, has been overused throughout the year but it has been an unprecedented year in terms of challenges, complexity, COVID impacts. And one might argue that celebrating in this time of challenge and difficulty is a lot to ask. And on the other side of the ledger, I feel like now more than ever, we've been given an opportunity to really celebrate and appreciate and feel grateful for all that we have and to never take for granted what has been given to us. We have been given this year, a once in a 100 year opportunity To really refocus on our priorities and what's important to us and the inspiration for the topic that I wanted to share about today with my beautiful guest Jess Bancroft came from I had an opportunity to do a keynote about the power of celebration and I rang my beautiful friend Jess who uh, in her true spirit of support and celebration of others came along to listen to my keynote. And as I was chatting to her on the phone about this opportunity, I was sharing with her that I wanted to start the podcast series, my interview series, This Side of Christmas to share uh, an important, uplifting, optimistic, celebratory message for people going into the holidays, despite the fact that it's been an extraordinarily challenging year for everyone across the globe. And as I was chatting to Jess, I realized, oh my God, you are the queen of celebration. And so with that, I would like to introduce Jess Bancroft, a trusted colleague, a cosmic creative collaborator extraordinaire, an extraordinary intuitive coach, uh, someone who is a key member in Daybreaker and many other forms of global celebration around the world to introduce her to you and to hear more about Jess's perspective on the power of celebration and for you to have an opportunity to hear more about what celebration means to her and how we can learn to celebrate more even in the context of crisis and chaos. So welcome
1: Jess! Thanks buddy! (laughs) What an intro! <laughs> so excited to be here. We should throw a party, yeah. Okay, let's have a party,
0: <laughs> and, and, and to that point, we actually are having a um, in the true tradition of Alice in Wonderland, as um, my listeners know or will soon know. Uh, much of my interview structure and questions and style is to be held in honor of Alice in Wonderland, which is my namesake, and Alice Through the Looking Glass, the inspiration of the podcast series. And so Jess and I are enjoying our pretty high-end green tea, I would say. It's, it's very, very
1: celebratory. It's, if you could see it now, it's quite a bright golden yellow, um, which is a very fun celebratory color as it's, well.
0: 100%. And it's in these beautiful peacock mugs and saucers. Um, a
1: little gold leaf there as well, very uh, festive.
0: Very Thank festive you. indeed. So, welcome, beautiful Jess, and I want to see my friend. Wonderful to have you here, and I want to start by asking a question, as asked to Alice by the hawker smoking caterpillar in chapter five. Of Alice in Wonderland, mm. advice from a caterpillar.
1: Alice is not smoking the hookah, just in case you were <laughs> thank curious. You. Thank you for thank just clarifying. We're just I know you tea. can't see us. Yeah, I that's. Just to let the
0: listeners know. <laughs> thank you, Jess. Very important clarification. there. But you
1: can imagine her blowing the smoke rings around me as she does ask the question. Damn, you see, this is why
0: I invited her. <laughs> These incredible. We're here to set the
1: visual. Scene this is this for is it,
0: the cosmic visuals. So, Jess. <laughs> yes. Who are you? Who
1: am I? Who are any of us? (laughs) Uh, I'm Jess. I'm Jess. I'm New York Jess, living in Sydney now. So now I'm Sydney Jess. Um, And yes, Sydney Jess is a lot more relaxed than New York Mm. Jess was. Um, I'm a holistic health coach and my big passion is helping people connect back to their intuition through a variety of mindful and meditative practices that allow them to get to that quiet space inside where not only can they hear their intuition speak, but we remove all of the barriers that stop them from taking intuitive action in their lives. So really, I'm just uh, I'm just a big life cheerleader. I'm just here to uh, cheer people on, um, remind <laughs> them that they know themselves, you know. Um, and I think that's the the thing that can get really tricky along this path of being human. Is um, so much of our existence is looking for external information and validation, and I think it gets really tricky. Uh, in that kind of path back to the self. So how do we go there um, with a bit of ease and grace and having a few laughs along the way at all of the uh, wild and ridiculous things that we do as humans. Um, And so that we can go gently on the path knowing that it's a lifelong journey and that uh, there's just no finish line. So take your time and have fun while we get there.
0: I love that Jess and I love your energy and what I think is so extraordinary about you and I've had this experience directly working with you as has my sister and many friends and many trusted colleagues and companions is that you bring this energy of celebration and lightness and levity and at the same time you know how to hold space for those difficult, deep and transcendent moments that people need to move through um, in life's challenges. So it is a complete honor and privilege to have you here. So thank you.
1: Thank you, my friend. I think that's um, one of the things also that's really challenging about this whole human experience thing, right? Is, uh, you know, we we don't really get taught how to be in that space where we not only acknowledge and express emotion um Mm. but allow ourselves to be with whatever emotions are coming up and i think that's kind of the the hard part especially um the world of health and wellness and how things are very happiness driven and it's great to be happy and you know joyful but uh how do we just let ourselves be sad sometimes too and there's a lot of stuff to be sad about this year and that's okay you know and um yeah, again, just taking the the pressure off is how do we bring this softness and know that all of this is just part of the, it's part of the ride, it's part of the show, it's part of the experience. Um, and I just think that does bring that that lightness to the experience of going, yeah, it's it's
0: part of the whole thing. Mm, and I love what you said there, and I feel like that, that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you next. I mean, given the context of COVID, given the unprecedented impacts and change and chaos and everything we've been thrown this year, what, what were some of the key takeaways or lessons or insights that you took from this year? Hmm. That's
1: such a good question. Cause I think um, we had probably had a chat about this maybe a few months ago. And so I think it's nice to um, be talking about it again a few months later is that um, when you're doing the work, I'm putting mm. air quotes around the work, <laughs> but it's uh, it's this idea of you're, you're working on yourself, right? Your personal development, mm, mm, mm. Um, whatever that means to you, right? Because it's such an individual experience. Um, I think when you're in that practice of you step on the path and you know that it's part of how you live your life. This mm. personal work, it's not a it's not a side hustle or something you do in your free time, but it becomes part of how you live that you see the value of the investment mm. when the shit hits the fan. Sorry, I didn't ask if I'm allowed to say
0: shit. Oh no, you I'm can... allowed
1: to say shit. She said it's okay. <laughs> when the shit hits the You've fan. Got clearance, Clarence, Clarence. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and so
1: I think it's those moments that you go wow, I have been paying investments into the bank so that um, I don't lose my shit when my sh- when the shit <laughs> hits the fan. And mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things that I was really reflecting on this year is that, you know, there's a past version of me that really would not have been OK this year mm-hmm. and um, that I'm really grateful for all of the, you know, the teachers and the information and the wisdom that have come, you um, to get me to the place where I am today and um, for doing the work to understand what it is that I need um, truly uniquely every day and to be able to go Mm -hmm. into that space and choose intuitively um, really in every moment uh, kind of laid the foundation to get through the harder stuff with more ease and grace than I really could have in, in the past.
0: Mm. Uh, And I love I love what you said there. And I think that's such an important message, right, in terms of that it's rolling with the punches or surfing with the wave of what's happened. You know, this year, I think there's been, you know, a lot of I'm very you know harrowing stories some heartbreaking stories um people having to adjust and shift and pivot in ways that they never thought possible um but what there is to celebrate out of that is oh my goddess this whole new level of being and awareness and evolution that we've you know we've expanded into as a result of all these challenges which you know leads me to you know want to ask you what are you know and maybe it's three things it doesn't have to be like a you know a crisp and clear three things Mm -hmm. but 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 as a you know as a a, as a prompt for the question Mm -hmm. what are maybe three things or some key things that you feel and I accept that this is an evolving journey and we have different things we appreciate and are grateful for at different points in our life but what are three things that come to you that you feel are most worthy of celebrating right now that you feel so most grateful and appreciative for?
1: Mm, I think it's probably one of those words that's overused as well. And I think we talk about it a lot, but I, um, in my work with my clients and for myself, I, I think I try to reflect to people that resilience is something to celebrate.
0: Mm, And
1: mm. I think, uh, in a corporate space, the word can look a little shiny. And um, and I think if we get to, you know, seeing it in real life, it's, it's getting up when you don't feel like it. Mm. It's, you know, forcing yourself to take a walk when you don't feel like working out. It's, you know, taking three minutes to sit and breathe when you don't feel like taking the time away. And those are acts of resilience. And I think, um, you know, when we talk about celebrating, one of the things that I do is I get people to celebrate really tiny things because really small things can be worth celebrating as well. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of turning the idea of celebration on its head. You know, we don't have to wait for a birthday or a big occasion. It's um, how do we kind of bring that energy of celebration into more things in our daily life? And that makes things feel a little more fun as well. So I think resilience Um maybe is one of them hmm what's another thing worth celebrating
0: i mean there's a lot if Mm. i just unpack that from there's a lot in what you said there like i i think that that's that's a very rich response Mm, i love that and you know, that, that resilience. And I love what you said. And we've, you know, we have a a shared colleague and friend and Kamal who was like, you know, one of the, you know, resilience gurus. And we've talked about him a lot. And, Um, you know, he shares that same sentiment that, like you said, and I know working in the corporate space as well, that people, you know, kind of think it resilience. It's this magical thing and you get it one day and then you've got it. And it's like, it's a practice. It's a practice. It's something you do every day. And this is something I love about the work that you do with people. You really, you talk a lot about experimentation and practice and try it on. And there's no getting it perfect. It's, it's, it's a muscle that you're building. It's, it's something that you train. And I love those examples that you gave, though, because it's so important. People do, it's almost like it, it's easy to romanticize resilience, you know, that mm. it's, it, it's some, you know, magical installment. No, it's it's actually, you know, having the ability to, as you say, do a walk when you don't feel like it or quiet your mind when you're feeling overwhelmed. And it's those little practices that make all the difference. And I also love that message. <clears throat> that you said what you said in there around bringing that spirit of celebration to the small things, the little acts and the little things. And that's something I know in my personal philosophy, I feel so strongly about that we don't need to wait for a birthday or an anniversary, celebrate the fact that we're alive. We have life, we have breath. I mean, I know there's people around the world that are in much more difficult situations at the moment due, due to COVID. And I don't want to make this COVID focus, but it's a very real global pandemic that we've faced in. I mean, let's face it, it is something that we have had to deal to as a human race that is unlike anything that we've seen since, what, the Spanish influenza? Yeah. <laughs> and even then, we we can't even imagine. Um, and there's something about that that energy of bringing celebration and appreciation and gratitude for those those little acts and those those little things every day um and as you and i both know and i know you share my philosophy on this the more that you do that the more it expands Mm. the more you feel grateful and you appreciate and you celebrate what you have it expands so yeah, that's that's a beautiful response. So thank you. I think there's there's lots to celebrate Ooh, in that. I
1: agree.
0: I agree. Um, now talking about you know celebrations and one of the reasons I love Alice in Wonderland, I love the rituals and and the ceremonies, and I love a good tea party. Mm. And uh, so as as we have our, our beautiful cups of tea, I might need to top you up there, oh, little Jess. So, another golden so let's, glass Another for me. another golden glass of tea. So as I'm pouring our tea. Mm. I would like to ask you if you were having your own personal, and it may be one person or two people, whatever comes to mind, but if you were having your own personal Mad Hatter's Tea Party and you could invite anybody that you wanted living or no longer alive, who would that be and why?
1: I think I'd like to have a wild cup of tea with Ram Das. I just... I would just love to sit down and have a wild cup of tea with Ram Dass and just trip out on the madness of the human experience, you know, just this whole wild ride. I really share his philosophy that it's all a hilarious cosmic joke. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's an important uh, energy that I try to bring to my life and work is uh, we don't have to take the whole thing so seriously. And so... I think we'd sit in the nice magical garden and have a laugh about how many uh, how many hilarious things there are to enjoy about being <laughs> being a human. <laughs>
0: Oh, and I love that that was your answer, because Ram Das for, for the listeners out there, uh, is a very special connection for myself and Jess. Uh, Ram Das is one of my favorite spiritual teachers. I was honored enough to celebrate his 88th birthday with him via Skype in, in California. He wasn't there in person. He wasn't well enough to travel. But but. I, I can attest to the fact that we've got a very special blanket here from Ojai, California, that I had at the retreat with Ram Dass, um, which features in many of my beautiful meditations and and cosmic interactions with beautiful Jess here, mm. and and he's a very special soul. And I think you saying that it reminds me of one of the things, as you said, he. This was someone who worked with people in the most delicate and precious moments of their lives when they were transitioning from life to death. Mm -hmm. And I remember in his hospice, if you were getting too serious about anything, you had to put on the Gretchen Marx glasses (laughs) and finish what you were saying. And it felt ridiculous. And there were moments where it felt really intense and dense. And it's like, no, no. There is no laughing here. What we're talking about is too serious. And that was precisely the moment that you would be encouraged to put on the Gretchen Mark glasses and it would just diffuse the energy. You know.
1: I just appreciate that so much because I think this is the again, just another part of the the dance of the human experience is how do we, you know, and when we cultivate the practice of being able to do this for ourselves is when we really step into our ability to support our fellow humans and to do this for them. And I think um, um, a big part of my personal journey was to be able to go there for myself so I could do this in my work. And Mm. it is a joy to sit with someone on their shittiest day and still be able to see them and tell them that they're super beautiful and amazing. And I don't care if you've got snot running down your face that (laughs) I still see the real you and it's okay to have the worst day ever cuz it won't be forever.
0: You know? Oh, I love what I I love that you said that, Jess. I love that you said that because I can only imagine there are so many people that need to hear that message, particularly at this time that even when you're blowing snot bubbles and you've done it for me when we've had sessions and I know other people that I know dearly when we've just been losing our shit. And And you've been there to go. It's okay. It's, it's this, this is part of it. This is all, it's all part of the big burn dance, Yeah. you know, and, and it's not, and I know something we've talked about many times, which I think is so important. And you touched on it, you know, with something else you were saying earlier that, you know, this spirit of, you know, celebrating and being grateful for life and laughing and bringing lightness, it doesn't mean that we don't honor and respect and let ourselves have the emotion. If anything, it's letting ourselves have all that and then bringing in the Ram Dost lens, if you will, around. It's a big fucking cosmic joke, people. It, is. <laughs> like it's, such a joke. It's, it really is. And it's, you know, and I think to me that that balance is, you know, if you can, you know, and I think we're always dancing with it, right? We're always yeah. dancing with that. But when you can strike that balance of like, oh my God, this is fucked, but then equally go, hey man, it's all, it's all part. It's all part of the path. It's all part of the journey, you know? And, and- that's worth celebrating. Sorry, I just had to bring it back <laughs> for you people. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for anchoring us back. It's worth it's celebrating. That is worth it's- celebrating. 100%, 100%. Um, now I, I feel like we can talk for hours and I'm conscious we want to make this a, a consumable episode for people to digest, you know, while they're on their walk or um, on the beach or Alice, you know, they whatever. could be
1: ugly crying. It's okay if you're ugly crying right now yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do whatever makes you feel good. A, yeah. Fucking see, this is
0: why I want you here, babe. Do this whatever is, makes that, you feel that's good. That's hundred percent. hundred percent. So let's, um, what, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh.
1: I want to be remembered for making people feel so special, beautiful, talented, amazing, unique, wonderful, valued. I want every person that I encounter to feel that it doesn't come from me, but that I remind them that it is always who they are and have been.
0: That's what I
1: want to be
0: remembered for. And honey, I love that. I love that. And and bringing it back to the Ram Dass thing, I feel like Ram Dass, he was one of the people, one of the first teachers that that really, he he triggered that in me. It got so deeply activated when he spoke that he was all about, and he was such a just extraordinary teacher and mentor and just, you know, just a force of awesomeness, really. Mm-hmm. And he was all about, I'm here to remind you of who you really are.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And and that that is what I feel is so remarkable and extraordinary and beautiful. And I feel privileged to work with people like you that bring that philosophy and that energy to our work that we are but the channels. We are but the conduits to remind others of who they are. And really, we're all... Unlimited, infinite, quantum beings of awesomeness. And we can be and do and have whatever we want, Mm. even when we're ugly crying.
1: Even when.
0: Even Even when. (laughs) Even when. So given that and talking about this lightness that we like to bring to Mm. life and death and not taking it all too seriously and... Traveling with some levity through this incarnation, in your next incarnation, beautiful Jess, who or what would you like to come back as? Oh, you know, I was reflecting a
1: little bit on this, and I, I feel that you know, for going a little into what's happening astrologically right now, ooh, astrologers are saying that we're Go entering there. the Go age there. of Aquarius. Um, you know, there is a belief that if you are incarnated during this time, that you are here to kind of rebuild whatever the new world will look like. And obviously, in this lifetime, we're going to be on the foundational side of seeing some bigger mm-hmm. changes for, you know, humanity, society, systems as a whole. So I think um, I think I'd probably come back as a human, mm-hmm. done a lot of animal lifetimes for sure. Definitely yeah. some tree. Oh, we've we've done
0: some time in the ocean together. That's for sure. I
1: think I would just come back as another human in the building phase because I think we're laying like foundation now. And so I think I'd just come back and kind of get to see some of the operations of the new world because apparently we're supposed to be entering some kind of 2000 year age of Aquarius where we're living in peace and harmony where uh, all abundant humans can be happy and free. Not just humans, beings, all the beings, all the people, all the things. So, yeah, I I love that. Be able to come back and get to see it in action.
0: I love that. I mean, I wouldn't remember because I'd be
1: reincarnated. No, but but fair enough.
0: You've set the intention, and I can, you know, Um, that's awesome. I absolutely love that. We'll see. Yeah, definitely, definitely get a few more lifetimes to go there. Haven't haven't learned <laughs> it
1: all just yet, so haven't
0: haven't quite ascended yeah, to, quite to ascended. the highest got, level got yet. Got a lot of study the,
1: study left. We're on we're on the mission. I've got, I've got some time, you know, thirty two, plenty hey, plenty man. of
0: years to study. I do, and that yeah. that is something I I, I I do feel I want I want to note for the audience something that I've that I've you know talked about my sister and as I said other clients of yours that's quite extraordinary about you that you really. Um, you know what? What you don't have in you know those additional decades of life experience, you really bring from a intuition point of view. And again, I'm I'm going a little off script here, which is this whole conversation mm-hmm. is off script. How do you, and what would you to say to to our um, you know a, awesome and, and amazing audience out there? who's listening, how do you deepen your intuition and how do you tap into your intuition? And what, what counsel would you give to people that are looking to tap into that deeper connection with themselves? Oh,
1: you know, this is my, my thing, my happy place. This is your sweet spot, baby. Well, I just want to tell the audience, hey, everyone, everyone's intuitive. Okay. Everyone Mm. has baseline intuition. It's built into your DNA. It's how we stayed alive, you know, back in the day. Right. So it's, it's, it is part of our primal instinct and Mm -hmm. rather, um, it's, it's a combination, right? So in my work, what I want to get people into this awareness of is um, we're all really uniquely individual intuitive beings. And it's kind of starting to understand how does your intuition speak to you
0: mm. and getting
1: into this space where you understand how does it speak. So for me, like I'm, I'm a very, I feel things very physically. So, you know, Sometimes it's that gut feeling of ooh, that's a that's a no, or maybe it's like a tingly ooh, that's a yes kind of feeling. Um, for some people, sometimes it's just a very short, sharp answer that you can hear very mm-hmm. clearly. Mm. Uh, Sometimes people get a little visual flash of what they feel like is the next path forward. So it's kind of starting to identify which one is your primary language that your intuition speaks to you. Um, And then I think one of the other really important parts is being able to identify how the thinking mind tries to mimic your intuition. So this is a very important
0: part of the process. Damn, girl, there's some gold in there. Well, because what
1: happens is um, often we'll have an intuitive feeling, right? Let's say the intuition says tea today, no coffee, right? Let's just say it's some very simple, right? Tea today, no coffee. But the thinking mind wants to get you to have some coffee. So it's like, actually, coffee today, no tea. You actually really need coffee because coffee helps you do things. You have coffee every day. So it would be weird if you stopped having tea, right? So you should just go with coffee, right? And so I find that Thinking mind has a long story to tell, mm. intuition, short,
0: sharp, direct. Oh, right. damn. That's some gold right there. That is some gold right there. And I think that's, that's very, very wise counsel. Mm. And, again, going off script, but I'm feeling guided to ask you in light of that because I think that um, those of you listening would agree that listening to our intuition and being guided by our heart and that intuitive guidance is the way forward in your experience what are the signs of not following your intuition
1: oh gosh they range from small to very large consequences i could tell you hilarious food or beverages right i Mm -hmm. think uh you know, eating intuitively was probably a real big beginning step for me when I went back to school to study to become a health coach, was understanding of what does my body like? What does my body really, really, really not like, but then I'm eating anyway, and suffering consequences, right? It's I think that's a really easy one for people to tune into. Oh, I eat this thing and it makes me feel terrible that's uh, a consequence of not listening to your <laughs> intuition, right? And then sometimes the consequences get bigger. And so I want to help people mitigate the larger consequences of not following intuition, right? And I, I like to say it's like this. We can get away with a certain amount of mm. ignoring our intuition, but I feel that the consequences get bigger and bigger the longer that we disregard those intuitive feelings.
0: Mm. And Mm. so
1: it's really our job, right? And a lot of my work is about how do we get into the seat of the observer? How do we come into our witness consciousness and be watching, right? So it's this idea of how are we balancing between seeing ourselves from our seat of the observer, but also being in our present moment awareness. So we're doing that little dance. And uh, what information are we gathering from the seat of the observer, right? So when we sit there is when we are able to see the whole picture and go, oh, I see how... uh, a consequence could arise if I do not choose what my intuition is telling me here. Right. It's a choice though. We have free will. And so, um, right. Mitigating, <laughs> mitigating consequence. That's what I'm here to, right? We can all have a laugh and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you shouldn't have had that ice cream cone. You're not going to die, but you know, maybe you're not going to feel so hot for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of that idea of, uh, tuning into the gravity of the consequence of uh, depending on the size of the intuitive decision that you are required to make I think.
0: beautifully beautifully articulated great analogy and what I loved about that too and this is another thing I, I love about you and the work that you do is that there's no judgment in it you know it's not about right and wrong there isn't it stepping away from that polarity and acknowledging it as you you know I often hear you talk about we've spoken about before for that, that approach of experimentation. Yes. And it, 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 there isn't right and wrong. It's not good and bad. It's about, you know, you take this action and there will be a consequence, you know, and, and becoming more aware of that. And given that we have, um, you know, planted the seed around Ram Dass and I, I felt, felt him drop into my channel as we were talking, cause I knew he was gonna get his blankets right here. So I thought he's gonna come into the conversation. And I remember him sharing this story about when, you know, and for those of you who don't know, just to give a little more background, Baba Ram Dass, who was born Richard Alpert, um, he was a tenure professor in psychoanalytical psychotherapy with Timothy Leary at Harvard University. And he ended up getting kicked out for doing consciousness experiments with LSD. And actually, very sadly, the work that him and timothy were doing um timothy leary they they were doing revolutionary work in this field because they found that when they did guided facilitated sessions i'm totally going on a tangent here Mm. but it feels relevant um they were making some huge breakthroughs with people experiencing trauma and deep grief and anxiety bipolar disorder a lot of different mental and emotional illnesses um, by being able to effectively transcend the ego and the limited narratives that our ego tells us about ourselves and what our labels are and the backgrounds that that we've come from and the stories we tell ourselves and they were doing some amazing work in this field and i know there are thousands um if not more advocates out there for continuing this kind of work um you know and it doesn't necessarily need to be with hallucinogens but that was that was how him and Timothy Leary ended up getting kicked out of Harvard, and then Ram Dass went on to do incredible work helping people trans move through the transition from from life to death and and treat death as a change, yeah, as as not a big frightening thing. And in the West, and again, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with it here, but it's true that in the West we treat death as a very, you know, something that's not talked about, it's taboo. Um, what I loved about, you know, Ram Dass is, is that he said, look, it's about change, but but coming back to the point around this observer, and that's what I was what triggered the, the thought in my mind, you were talking about the work that you do around cultivating the active observer. And I remember Ron Doss, and again, coming from his experience, and he would talk to people in the hospice or anybody that was treat, you know, that he was treating for, you know, various, um, you know, degrees of depression or anxiety. And I love this example he'd give. And and he would have somebody presenting with some, you know, heavy depression. And he, he would ask them the question so so every single part of you is depressed and they'd be like "Yep, yeah, I'm completely depressed so so there's no part of you that's not depressed nope every single part of me is depressed and he would say so what about the part of you that's watching you being depressed are mm. they depressed and often this breakthrough would happen mm. and the person would realize oh oh wait there's and and that it was And like you say, with your work, whatever it is that helps you to tap into, part of you is observing and Mm. is aware of the fact that you're depressed. And if you can step back into and expand that space of awareness to realize that, oh, there is part of me that can watch myself being depressed that isn't hooked into the depression, which isn't to diminish or devalue how much depression can weigh on us but to acknowledge how powerful it is to recognize that there is always part of our consciousness that is able to observe and watch what's happening to us on an emotional level
1: yes and i think we were just talking about this before it's like these you know we we cultivate these practices that allow us to say um you know it's just becomes more fluid this easier ability to drop into the witness right it's not something that we only do in our meditation practice it starts to become something that we fluidly move through while we're walking through our day while we're sitting in a conversation while we're having a meeting while we're doing work right and we start to sit in this place and that's where all of the magic happens and I get really excited, you know, and telling people I'm here to help you neutralize information. Nothing's good. Nothing's bad. Mm. Everything's interesting. Isn't that interesting, right? And it's just information right? If everything is just an interesting piece of information, right? We, we have this dance where we zoom out to observer to see the whole picture. We find something interesting. We zoom back in towards it. And that's where we have the opportunity to learn, to grow, to understand ourselves better, to laugh at ourselves and to love ourselves. And when we learn those things, um, it's not just about how do we, you know, love and care for ourselves better, but then we can communicate that to the people that we have to coexist with so that they can love and care for us better as well so um that's where the magic happens sitting up here watching the whole show go down and um and then when you come back that's when you can have a little party about all the stuff you learned because bring it back to celebration see one more time there we go
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you baby thank you for anchoring it back thank you and uh I, i love that absolutely love what you said there and i'm a big believer in that in terms of you know When in doubt, zoom out, right? And if you look at this big, wild and crazy cosmic dance, damn, just look at the number of stars and planets and galaxies. Ooh, we are but a speck of dust, Mm. an important, significant, sentient speck of dust, but a speck of dust. Mm. So I love that perspective. So before we sign off, yes where do I go from here? As Alice asked the Chesser cat. So where to from here? Where next, Miss Jess? What is, what is, and even if it's just the next step on the journey, what, what, what are you guided to move on to next?
1: Me personally.
0: You personally.
1: Me personally. I am uh, this year, something that came up for me since my birthday in June. Um, I have cracked through a little creative block that I was having um, Mm. that I wasn't really aware of um and in June I decided that I wanted to tap into the energy of celebration for my birthday month and when I was doing that naturally I attuned was noticing that for me it was um gratitude so things that I was grateful for felt worthy of celebration and um and just jumping into opportunities to allow myself to celebrate being creative whether that Mm. was um I jumped into a pottery class I'd never done pottery before and uh yeah it was just one of those uh barriers that I didn't realize I had and was really joyful to just be making something just for the sake of making um and then seeing that carry into just my personal life to just make things just for fun and then seeing that how that carries over into my professional work as well so it's been uh just allowing the joy of creativity just for the sake of creation um to be a more active part of
0: my life and i just started the artist's
1: way yesterday i talk about oh, it all the time in my my work. God. So, the
0: artist well yeah, yeah the artist way has been a very that yes entered entered into my journey in early um in early recovery yeah and i've been doing the morning pages pretty much every day for for almost 20 years yeah. and it's and really i think it's you know it's the artist's way it's the inner artist but it's it's dealing to that inner critic it's really it's coming back to knowing ourselves yeah and And so I use morning pages
1: in my work. I do a lot of like writing and meditation workshops. So we use the kind of practice of free writing or morning pages. Um, And it's just, uh, I got three very direct signs this week from three different random people uh, about the book. And it was, uh, yeah, feeling like it was time to get started on that. So yeah, dropping into some extra creativity this year.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. Now I know I'm putting you in the hot seat. We hadn't, you know, hot seat, hot seat. And there's going to be a speed interview series, by the way, so just just letting you know that's coming. Just for the listeners out there, we are going to be doing a speed interview series, and you are going to be at the top of the list, Ms. Jess. So before we sign off in in honor of the exquisite, important theme and topic we're talking about today, the power of celebration, or whatever inspiration comes to you, what final words would you have for our beautiful audience members as we transition from this era that we have come from and moving into the next year? What do you want to say to the people out there? Mm. You matter.
1: You matter. You are important. Even when you feel small and insignificant, we can never know um, how we are affecting the world around us. And so just remember that you matter, that you're special, that you're important and that you are worthy of celebration, even if all you did was get up and brush your teeth today. So celebrate that. Great job. Throw yourself a party. Brush your teeth again. Go crazy.
0: Oh, and I, I actually, I genuinely got a little bit teary then, because this is what, why I felt so honored and privileged to have you on the show, Jess. So thank you for coming along because you do have an absolutely exquisite and extraordinary ability to make people feel special and important and beautiful and honor their awesomeness. So thank you for being here on this podcast series. This has been Alice and Jess chatting on Through the Looking Glass that you may find your portal to limitless possibilities and infinite potential and joy and abundance. And parties to celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. All right, drop the mic. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for joining me in another adventure through the looking glass with me, Alice, your personal guide as we access the power of quantum connection to help you align to your unlimited abundance, possibilities, and potential. Until next time, remember who you are, a quantum being of infinite love and light. Have fun, stay well, and enjoy the journey.